This good is, morning. Oh, you ready? Sorry, I am now. Okay, good deal. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to the North Point of View. I'm here with Dr. Walter Kimsey's. Walter, good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm okay. Um, getting ready to roll into a nice uh, three-day weekend. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're, you guys are catching us in a uh, particularly chipper mood today, right? Absolutely. And uh, I think we've decided that we're going to sort of put a... Uh, what, a, a positive, sunny uh, viewpoint on a few of the things that we've been talking about? Yeah, especially the ones that we weren't talking very nicely about. Yeah, so <laughs> one of the things that we, we mentioned this morning just in our conversation uh, was the, you know, the bias that we come into most conversations with, right? Right. I mean, we all have bias. Not me. Really? <laughs> just kidding. Let's talk about Jerome Powell and Fed. <laughs> Well, no, I, the ability I have, to make a good decision. Exactly. Now, I have one one very big bias that that you know, and, and I admit it. I believe in free markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, I I don't think markets always work. There are times when you do need society to step in times of war, hurricanes. Right. But right, your first instinct shouldn't be let's have the government do something. Your first instinct should be, can the market do this? And yeah. the answer is always yes. But in terms of you know general thoughts, let's just take the EV yeah, for a minute. Exactly. You know we have sort of been pushing against um, some of the thinking, you know, underpinning you know the EV, the growth of EV, the the sort of the government, mm -hmm. you know, intervention, the, the the you know some of the tax credits, and maybe the biases against an artificial market, right? Yeah, that's true. We don't like government intervention. Right, right. But today, there was an article in the in the Wall Street Journal where uh, Ford and Tesla have agreed to um, work together, uh, combine you know resources, and use the same charging platform. Right. That's right. That was in the morning paper. Um, and so, I don't know to take the sort of the alternate sort of conversation line that we've been on it's the you know what if you know True. what if this you know all of these pieces sort of get traction and we compress this thing from a what i think i've been thinking is sort of like a 10-year you know timeline to get traction to a you yeah five-year exactly timeline then i think the whole thing starts to change right pretty well, rapidly well it it does but well i mean let's just start off with the bias part first I okay comment on that i do not like electric vehicles well uh, there you go thank you okay i mean there, just to be honest he said it you know i'm i'm <laughs> hoping that you know by the time i have to i expire i'm not forced to buy an ev because the way things are set up right now is not very good you know i have a friend of mine who has to drive to atlanta and uh, if he doesn't know exactly where the charging station is, he's afraid to do it. Right. We won't say which car it is, but it has a 325-mile range. You can look it up and guess. Yeah. But leaving from here, it's 260 miles to downtown Atlanta from where I live. And with the hilliness that you run into as you get towards Atlanta, ah, uh, no thank you. Yeah. You know, you... You better have a place in Macon. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, you could 
you have to be very focused. So, and yet it has to be between certain hours and there's, there's some variables right now that make it, there's a question mark, right? right? And I was at a McKinsey conference on electric vehicles about three weeks ago. It's very nice of them to invite me. We had a bunch of automobile executives there, a gaggle of consultant guys like me and the, the DOT. A gaggle? Yeah, there's a gaggle. It's half a gaggle, maybe. <laughs> you know what they call a herd of rhinos? It's a crash. <laughs> I didn't know that. I think it may, may a, maybe a crash more than a gaggle. Anyway, go ahead. So uh, um, what I learned, well, they asked us our opinions and things, and I just said on the, on the charging locations that they're broken down an awful lot. Yeah. And a lot less reliable. And they said, you're correct. The one specialist said they work 70% of the time. So, you know, so here's how I see it, all right? I get in the car, I'm going down the highway. Um, the road is hillier than I thought it would be because my iPhone doesn't have terrain in there. There's no function in my, in my GPS to tell me, watch out, you're going into a very hilly territory. Either you know that going in or you get surprised. So let's say you get surprised. Nah, maybe I should really be recharging and I see a charging station and it's not for my brand car. So I look for another one, and there aren't that many off the interstate. And um, if I, hopefully I get lucky. Otherwise, I have to, you know, call for a cartel. That's why I'm not interested in buying an electric vehicle. Yeah, I get it. It's a lot to be done. And that's, so therein lies the bias, right? Right. But if we're able to leap over that, which is no easy task at this point, but let's say that, you know, with this announcement, Ford and Tesla, um, right, you know, com combined resources. And by the way, I don't know if you read the article, but the uh, the CEO for Ford, I think his name is Farley, mm -hmm. said that literally it came about from a road trip with his family, where the kids in the back seat are yelling, "Hey, Dad, pull over! There's a charging station!" And after the third one, he said. No, that's Mr. Musk's charging station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he called his assistant to, you know, get us an appointment. Because it's it's real, right? Yeah. I mean, but if you take that and skip over that, then let's take a, a minute and go somewhere we haven't gone. And that is what does happen in five years. Let's just Let's take one aspect and say there are plenty of charging stations mm -hmm. that work 98% of the time where there's no, no bias against that one issue. There are other issues, obviously. Yeah. There's no bias against that one issue. Then what begins to happen in terms of the, you know, the production of EVs and how that uh, affects you know, everything that we're doing right now? Well... I'll tell you what I really would like to see happen. Instead of all of these charging stations, because when you, you're driving down the interstate, you got your family, you know, like I lived in New Jersey, you know, one time we decided to drive down to, uh, uh, to, to Virginia, just get a couple of days off, visit Williamsburg and et cetera. <clears throat> I would not have been able to have gone from where I lived to where I was going in one go. I would have had to stop along the way and charge the car. And when I lived in Jersey, the technology, which keeps evolving and getting better, would have required me to sit there for hours while the car recharged. Yeah, it's got to be a supercharger. <clears throat> That's absolutely it. So what China has been experimenting with, and this is what I would like to see our government do, as opposed to, you know, putting money at the charging stations all over the place, 
is there's a 50 mile highway stretch in, in, in one of the big highways in China where there's solar panels collecting the, the sunlight. And you know how you can take your phone and put it on a, on a magnetic charging station? Yeah. Well, um, you, they do the same thing and they recharge the electric car batteries as you're going along. And they also put infrastructure on the highway that basically uh, you can take your hands off the wheel because the car can read the road and it has a radar and it knows where the other cars are and it's a limited access highway. And uh, I would love to drive those 50 miles because you wouldn't be driving them. You just literally engage in neutral or, or, or put the pilot on, autopilot, <clears throat> sit back, and you don't even have to worry about charging. The car is getting charged as it goes down the highway. See, I, you, you already jumped like four steps ahead of me. I was thinking about a universal plug and, <laughs> and you're just like, throw the plugs away. Let's just ride down the highway and let the solar beams recharge the car. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And, so you're, you're, and what I didn't even realize that was a, uh, a thing in yeah. China. It's available. Well, yeah, I read uh, automotive news. As you know, I'm, I've always been an auto geek. I love cars. I just don't like to own cars. I like, but I love cars. Uh, my grandfather built the first Volkswagen ever in Brazil. Yeah. And opened cool, all the dealerships. That's a like, cool story. It is. I mean, it was just great stuff, you know. And, and my We should uncle, buy VW stock just for that. Exactly. Who are you? Number two. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my uncle built five or six MGTC TD vintage vehicles out of spare parts from the junkyard. Wow. So when I was a kid, I got to go with him to the junkyard and there's no cooler place to go when you're a kid. No kidding. You know, it's just so awesome. But anyways, I like the cars. <clears throat> and But the key thing to me on this is that you do need to, to standardize the plug. Can you imagine if you could only go to a gas station that had a certain plug for your Volkswagen and I could only go to a certain type of gas station for my Toyota? It'd be ridiculous. That's, that's pretty inefficient when you think about it. Yeah. It's really inefficient when you think about, you know, five or six different types of charging stations out there. Exactly. And yeah. the government under the, uh, the, the uh, National Electric Vehicle uh, Infrastructure, they just published that NEVI study about, I don't know, about a, a year ago. Georgia has its own NEVI policy. Uh, but basically, under that, it explains how you can get the funding to get chargers built all over the place. But there's still so many other complications, Mark. Um, I live in an apartment building, okay? Um, there's uh, 18, 18 apartments in my building. I'm making this up, but, you know. So I got 18. I have to park outside. Uh, you know, we don't build big parking garages in, in Savannah. And um, I need to charge my car. There's no plug. How do I do this? All right. I got to find a, maybe at my place of work, I can get it charged. Uh, do, I, do I get an extension cord? Uh, and then even if I use, let's say there's a public outlet in the parking lot and I use it, everybody's paying for my electricity. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's some fundamental things and I hadn't really thought about it, but I mean, there's a, <clears throat> there's a collaboration that's absolutely got to take place for mm -hmm. us to move this time frame from, 15 years to five, right? And it's, yeah. it's got to happen now. There's a there's a good friend of ours, uh, a great mutual friend. Uh, well, his name is Jim. We'll leave it at that. Right. But he said that there is a absolute bona fide litmus test for the acceptability of EV transportation. 
and he says it's the Albany, Georgia Golf Club and the <laughs> F-150s in the parking lot. <laughs> he said, when those boys, and it's all Benny if you're a local, <laughs> but uh, Albany, Georgia F-150s, he said, when those guys go from gas and diesel to electric, then it's worldwide acceptance. So <laughs> he's down there this weekend playing the golf tournament. I'll check with him on Monday or Tuesday <laughs> to see if they've made the switch yet. If not, we'll keep uh, kicking the can down the road, right? You know, it's a, that is a really interesting point. I, at this point, cannot imagine myself buying an electric vehicle. Yeah. And, and it's not that I like to pollute or anything like that, or, you know, but, but it's just that I think it would be so inconvenient. I think electric vehicles at this point are more of a hobby toy than something, you know, I, that I'd feel comfortable relying on. Yeah. However, there's a tipping point. Yeah. Well, and I think, the, I think the news today, <clears throat> again, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But you know what? To the credit of all of the automakers, they're listening to the consumer. Yeah. And they're saying, you know, why wouldn't you want to buy this? And they ask the question, they respond, you know, they don't ignore what they hear back. They go and make adjustments. But to me, it's surprising that Ford and, and Tesla would have to, hey, why don't we share plugs? Come on. You should have done this years ago. Well, and, and the quote from Musk this morning was that, uh, and maybe, maybe it was both of them, that there will be more participants in the partnership. So we'll see. Uh, I don't know if that's the end of bias, but uh, anyway, that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Walter, always great being with you. Yeah, same here, Mark. All right, Take thanks, care. man. See you guys. Mm -hmm.